739 uh, DWS. Steve Gentry with you and uh, State Senator Scott Bennett joins us this morning. Scott, how are you? Good morning, Dave. Doing great. <laughs> it's been a flurry of activity around here. We've got a uh, remote going. It's Day of Giving to benefit the uh, Eastern Illinois Food Bank. We're going to go out there and talk with Dave Long here about 750. And you're uh, on your way to Springfield, right? I am. I'm, I'm leaving from here and, and heading to our last week of the veto session. Uh, we'll be in session through Thursday and uh, hope a chance to kind of take a look at some of the things that the governor vetoed that, that we have uh, some of the votes to override and we'll go from there. So what's been happening over there at this point? Well, you've seen a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, kind of, uh, you know, going from side to side and you're in counting votes, really. Last week, we were there, the week before Thanksgiving at least, uh, and it was, you know, there were a lot of votes that we were hoping to come up with, but maybe there were attendance problems or they didn't have the votes yet. So I think a lot of those votes are pushed to, uh, to this week. So we'll have a better chance to see um, if, if we can override some of the governor's vetoes. That, that sounds like school. You had attendance problems. You know, <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving is a tough time to get, especially it was the week after the election. I think that was yeah. part of it, too. You have people that were. And so, you know, again, you need a supermajority to override any of the governor's vetoes. So it's not like, you know, you might only be missing one or two people, but you, that, that makes all the difference. So Well, they say every vote counts. Uh, I saw that in the Decatur, the Macon County Sheriff's oh, race. Oh man, it was a one vote margin. So I mean, there, there are every year. There's examples of that that uh, help remind me that uh, our votes are each vote is important. You know, we learned that here in Champaign County, the Champaign County Executive thing. They thought they had uh, a handle on that. That's back up for grabs. I I enjoyed uh, Tom Kasich's article about that this weekend. Just kind of reminding us of the the history of it and how it's it's turned out differently than most expected but you know that night uh chapin rose and i were on tv kind of as the results were coming in and uh we were surprised as well i mean there's certainly you know there were uh, some good democrats running countywide and we expected some of them to win i don't know that we expected every single uh, office to go uh to the democrats but um, that's the way the, the wave ran, actually the whole state to, to, a, to a huge degree. The sheriff's race, I'm still shaking my head over that one. That was pretty wild, you know. Yeah, I, I think Alan Jones uh, was obviously much much more well-known in the law enforcement community. I was a prosecutor before he did this. Um, and we'll, you know, have to see how the, the new sheriff sheriff does. I mean, so far he's making well, the I right steps and fine. he's getting around. But um, I think you're, you're right. I think most people said, oh, this is good. And I think even – the, the sheriff-elect kind of said that in the paper. He wasn't, sh- you know, really confident he was going to win even that last week. But um, that's why we have elections. We, you know, see what the people want. And, and then we rally around, you know, the new office holders, regardless of party, and, and hope they do a good job. So they've got one vote hanging on Macon County, and it looks like they're headed for a recount oh, over sure. there. Last, yeah. uh, <clears> that's the, the, the craziest thing about some of these. I remember in 2014, I was with Mike Frerichs on election night. And, you know, uh, everyone's really sad at the party, and he's down by, I don't know, 19,000 votes or something like that. And, uh, you know, he was the only one in the room not sad because he knew things a lot better than, than the rest of us in the room did. But when they count all these, you know, votes by mail and all, you know, all the other things, there's so sure. many votes. But most races aren't anywhere close enough that it matters. And we've seen a real difference in that this year. Yeah, they've waited on a lot of these votes to come in, and it's turned a few races around. Quite a few. I mean, up in uh, the DuPage County, for example, which normally a Republican stronghold, mm-hmm. it was a huge blue wave this year. 
many of those races, the, the on election night, it looked like the Republican senators had eked it out in a very, very narrow margin. As it turned out, almost all of them, I think only one survived. There's currently one Republican senator in all of DuPage County, which just blows you away. That really does. You know, what historically that, that area has been. That was such a Republican stronghold. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big difference. What do you think is going to happen with Farm Bill? They keep jumping back and forth on this thing. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, so the month. the hard part about, you know, you wonder how much of it is hype and how I mean, with commodity prices being what they are, a lot of the discussions before the election, like, oh, actually, we're close to, to I think that was that was helping too and kind of giving some people some hope. But the fact is, we don't know how long the trade issues are going to go on. That's why the Farm Bureau is all that much more important. Um, you know, they go back to in a session after the holidays, and, and if they don't take this seriously, shame on them, because this is such a huge deal to the whole country, but particularly here across the Midwest. You know, I saw a story uh, this morning, as a matter of fact, that talked about the fact that when uh, the Democrats come in, it's even smaller, the, the number of people who know anything about farming whatsoever. You're right, and, that, and that it's it's a it's a combination of where we're electing people from, and, and t- traditionally, in, in Democrats elect more urban members, uh, but also just so f- fewer and fewer farmers are out there, right? You know, we sure. have uh, it's hard to imagine in Central Illinois, but you know, the the family farms are uh, are rapidly shrinking. I, I will tell you, um, here in Springfield, I was very happy last week. I got a call from the governor-elect J.B. Pritzker's uh, office, and uh, I was named to the agriculture transition team for the governor. Uh, and my first, you know, remark to them was, "I'm just so happy you have a transition team for agriculture." Yeah, no kidding. I th- I don't know when the last time they did that was, um, but I think you know a lot of times we overshadow. We talk about the big the big issues on state, but it isn't just in D.C. It's also here locally in Illinois um, from state government um, how we affect our, our our farmers and and how we encourage the next generation is just so very important. That was one of the things that told me the Rauner administration was going to be kind of a rocky road because it looked like he had everything in place. He had a an ag director and a state fair director and everything else and then man just a few months later a lot of things changed yeah i think they you know his ag director he fired with his first year and he'd been the farm bureau president for about yeah. a decade so everybody, everybody knew him, knew him. And, and so suddenly you're like well we don't you know who we don't know is the governor yet you're brand new but we did sure. know in the ag community we knew nelson so it was a uh, you know yeah, i agree with you that was a a, a weird misstep to 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 recognize that you know it takes, I think, takes the ag community a long time to get used to somebody, but once it does, you know, once they've accepted somebody, you know, you really need to think carefully before you you throw them out. It's uh, it sure is a, a different uh, state of affairs, no doubt about it. <laughs> what do you what do you see is uh, going to happen once Pritzker gets in? Do you, do you have any kind of read on him yet? Well, I, I I what I will tell you is it's so hard to tell before they actually take office. We campaign in one mode, you govern in another, uh, but you know the fact that he is being very thoughtful in these in these transition teams. He's got one on social services, one on the environment, one on agriculture, and they're bipartisan. I mean, uh, Governor Jim Edgar is one of his people on on his uh, larger transition team, and that tells me number one, when you have a very wealthy business person coming into office, whether it's got the president or Bruce Rauner or Pritzker. The big fear is people always tell them they're right. And so, you know, when your <laughs> yeah. governor and Jim Edgar says it so well, he goes, you know, Jim Edgar says, I'm the most, 
you know, experienced person to ever hold the office, and I didn't know what I was doing for a while. It's just such a sure. huge job. So the fact that he's saying, I'm going to need a lot of advice from a lot of smart people, and they aren't all going to sit on my side of the political aisle, that's a very encouraging sign for me. Well, Jim Edgar was known as Dr. No when he was in, because <laughs> a lot of times he just said, no, I think we're spending too much money. So. Well, and there are a lot of times you can appreciate that that was how he righted the ship in a lot of ways <laughs> in our finances. What do you think about the president's use of tear gas against migrants yesterday? That was... Uh, there is, I mean, just the pictures alone. I mean, you would talk about everything's turned on its head. Uh, I've heard, you know, NPR did a really interesting article about today where it's kind of saying, well, here's what's actually happening. Uh, you know, the, the, these are people who are protesting this. At the same time, there were ways we could have, you know, made, you know, we knew this caravan was coming for two months. We could have had more people processing applications. Uh, I just think this thing has been bungled from the first minute. Now, the question is, I mean, I, I also understand to the to the president, this plays really nicely into his base. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that we're standing strong against uh, apparently an invading force uh, <laughs> of, of, of shoeless toddlers. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it's it's a sad case all the way. No matter what, you know, I've got little kids. You think about it's hard for me to take a road trip to grandma's house. Now think about walking them, you know, across 3,000 miles. Um, I understand there's there's good arguments, you know, about why we can't take every asylum seeker and, and maybe we should do it differently. Um, but no matter what, I think your heart has to go out to people uh, who have done that to get away from their life. They want a better life. They want it in the United States. Um, we, no question for decades, have not developed a policy as to how to thoughtfully uh, work this out. All right. State Senator Scott Bennett. Scott, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, glad to have you here talking a little sense from the Democratic side. So <laughs> oh, glad dang. to hear that. <laughs> See you.